silence my cell phone. Uh, good, good call. Yeah. Which has been known to Mario has been known to get his coin. Oh, is that probably your... a few times. Yeah, that's <laughs> is my that, ringtone. Is your like the coin sound? Is that your text tone? Yeah. That's cool. That's which like cool. Dur- maybe this could be the cold open because like during this during the sequence of Topher Grace and Andrew Garfield going back and forth playing Mario. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the I was like part like every like three or ten seconds. I was checking my phone, like, oh yeah, because we were because I was also up. waiting to get, I was also waiting uh, to get, you know, like time to record. Here's the zoom link or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I was or like just any other text or whatever. You you guys are my only friends. Yeah. So it was just <laughs> it was just I was only exclusively waiting to You're get. Waiting for so as I was watching that <laughs> sequence, I was like, shit, like. <laughs> Like this is really trippy right now. On top of an already like trippy movie. If you're yeah, if you're listening to the podcast right now, um, <clears throat> just to echo what Era said, we we are your only friends now. No, yeah, we is as a listener, we Ghost Kino are your soul circle of friends. Yes. So yes. what does that say about all of you listeners? <laughs> take some time. We're gonna take five seconds of silence to let the listeners reflect on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. now that you feel awful about yourselves, <laughs> you, should, you, should, you should go make some friends. Uh, go make some friends. <laughs> Hashtag make friends. I intro this shit. Give the intro. Give the intro. Yeah, intro oh. this shit. Uh, hey there. Hi. Uh, you're listening to uh, <laughs> Ghost Kino, uh, podcast about cinema, socialism, and shit posting. And I am one of your esteemed hosts, Connor Beckett, uh, joined by my co-hosts, uh, Astro and Era. Who? Oh, you got them. it this time. I did. Yes. Co-host. Fuck I, yeah. I felt like such an asshole listening to last week's episode, and I introduced y'all as guests. I'm going to let Era introduce themselves. Like, so I, went into, I always go into my intro and then forget that it's an intro. <laughs> You're like, like oh, Astro's like, all right, yes, I, I've established myself as the secondary co-host, and there's no one else, uh, so let's, let's... And we have taken off. Yeah, yeah. let's start the show. Uh, hello, listeners, uh, fellow comrades, armchair revolutionaries, enemies, fr- frenemies, uh, it is I, Era, um, and... Uh, I just completely forgot what I was going to say. So so. strong right there. Strong strong. right there. I feel, yeah, that's definitely like very much like I'm here and I'm ready to tell you about why I'm correct about yeah. everything. Why 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 I've uh, That's earned... how I think coming onto this podcast. Yeah. I've I've yeah. earned my spot in the vanguard of the cultural revolution to electric boogaloo exactly. which is going on. Ooh. <laughs> exactly. Nice. I'm here the definitive yeah. voice of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um the only voice I would argue. Just glad to know we've and by we I mean Astro and I have it seems like we've finally stepped up in the world 
from <laughs> going from guests to co-hosts. I yes. know it's it's a real nice promotion. I feel yeah. You're very welcome. You've you've Thank earned you. it. You're, well, you know, I don't have to be sweating bullets of being like, oh my god, oh my god, am I going to get asked to come on again? Like, oh my, <laughs> what if I just I get know. kicked off, kicked kicked off my own pod? I, get, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think anyone wants wants to listen to like an hour of me talking about cinema with like no feedback, like you just. Know. <laughs> Just absolutely, just like staring at a wall, fucking about this movie, freewheeling it the whole time. Um, <laughs> Astro, you need to introduce yourself. <clears throat> I'm Astro. You know, showing, killing, kill it and grill it, as uh, Ted Nugent hey. would say. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, sorry. Before we, I was gonna say while we're on the subject of introductions, Astro, I mentioned this to you earlier, but Era, you might appreciate. I was on a date this past weekend, and um. The, the person I was okay, on. Okay, real. Let me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cut off All right. for five seconds. All right. Short and sweet. What's it like dating in the COVID era? Well, no. I'm only dating other um, vaccinated, other people who've gotten um, uh, <laughs> the homie Bill Gates's microchip. R.I.P. to the marriage. Um, I got the Dolly Parton one. Uh, oh, yeah, we talked. We we did the gallery of vaccines. We're all we all represent different vaccine yeah. gangs over here. So, so to to answer your question, Era, um, <clears throat> short and sweet, uh, it's. Uh, I think I've gotten the hang of it again. I'm like back cool. in the. I'm back in the saddle. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling competent. You're in the game. Oh, yeah, <laughs> this must be. It's it's EA Sports up in this bitch because I'm a. Hey. Um, but Fuck yeah, yeah. Uh, the, on on my date on Saturday, um, before a very lovely surprise party, um, which, which you uh, had no clue about, which I had absolutely was it your surprise party or yeah. someone else? No, it was. It was, was Connor's birthday. It, well, it's, oh, f- no, happy it's not. belated birthday. I don't know. I don't think I knew it's, that. Yeah, it's, coming up, it's coming up this Sunday. So it's a preliminary birthday. Yeah, so when people are listening to this, um, they've already missed it. And I You've do not, already missed it. And I don't <laughs> I don't forgive you. Um if but, you're reading this, it's too late. Um but yeah. So, so now we're we're none of your friends. Yes. <laughs> we, went, we went from being your only friends to being none of your friends. I can't believe you alienated your only friends in this world. <laughs> you forgot your good friend Connor's your birthday. Good friend. Okay, so this um, is before this. The oh, oh, yeah. So, so yeah. sorry. Yeah, I was. Uh, so I was on this date, and um, uh, the person I was on the date with, I'm gonna call them Monica. She says to me, uh, "She's like so like, and we're about halfway through the date, and she's like, how would you like describe yourself?'" And I wasn't really thinking. That's and a I, horrible question. And I said, I responded, you know, just a dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> type of guy <laughs> yeah well that that ties perfectly Just a dude. that ties perfectly into uh, under the silver lake because essentially this movie yeah. is just a uh, a smorgasbord of types of guys yes well i feel like we said that about eraserhead too. yeah well no eraserhead invented a type of guy yeah i think i don't think this film invented had invented what was it the brook did you guys say Brooklyn? The Bushwick. Yeah, the the, the Bushwick. Uh, essentially, um, the type of guy that Eraserhead is is like post Vice Williamsburg disgruntled uh, yuppie now living in Bushwick, trying to gentrify Bushwick and just realizing their life is meaningless. That's yeah. the type of that's the type of Eraserhead guy. This movie didn't invent any type of guys, but it just laid them all out for you. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Little bit of preface before we get into the film. Uh, so David Robert Mitchell, 
uh, who is best known for It Follows, which is a really fantastic film. It's rad. Um, super rad. Um, made this film. I think on the, on the show last week, I said there was a 2011 film. It, the film is set in 2011, but it came out in 2019. I was just want to say, I thought it was more recent. Yeah, yeah. want to set the record Yeah, that there. like... We got the Ghost Kino fact checkers on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're watching. There's like a single Washington red... Post and Snopes. Well, Snopes would lie about it because Snopes is just showing now at this point. It'd there's be like... like there's a single like red dot like over my heart like from exactly. someone uh, someone right. else in 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 Richard. Why is there a reason why it's set in 2011? Because you know, it didn't really seem like any reason why it should be. I um I think that like in a wider sense, this film does a good job at. Um, so I think Mitchell's like as, as like auteur and like director is like real obviously like really into aesthetics. Mm-hmm. When we were watching this film, an era uh, stop. Have you seen Have you seen It Follows? I fucking love it. I yeah. always yeah. I, and I I uh, forget the name of the band, but whenever I f- hear that movie reference or the 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 name of the movie, I always think of the there's this like. OG punk song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it followed. So I got like punk rock, I, but then also like the horror and synth soundtrack. So to the score all so at once. Good, yes. So, so with the whole 2011 thing, um, I think that like, Mit, like Mitchell's obviously like very into aesthetics. When we were, when Astro and I were watching this film together on Sunday, Sunday, yeah, yeah, I Sunday. believe it was Sunday. Um, I was talking about how like my favorite contemporary piece of like uh, my favorite contemporary like film prop is the shell phone from it follows. Um, It's just fucking awesome. So I think that the reason that it's set in 2011 is just because it, uh, I I feel like all the aesthetics from 2011, 2012 and 2013 um, created like liminal spaces in their own ways. Um, what aesthetics are you t- like thinking of though? Because it's like I yeah. don't know. I haven't, besides like corporate shit like that, I don't really n- notice like too many aesthetic differences. I guess between now and like 2011, and maybe that's just because like I'm getting old and don't pay attention. I guess. So when I, so when I think about 2011, um, I think about like uh, I was the, in high school too. Yeah. So like I don't remember yeah. much. Like, so, like that's from a high schooler's perspective. So like the rise of this like sort of urban outfitters boho fashion. Yeah. Um, like this kind of uh, like tragic hipness. Like this like really like kind of overdone, oversaturated. Like just a. I I can't really place. I'm I'm throwing out a lot of adjectives right now. I can't really like. I, I'm gonna return to like uh, hipster, yeah, like Bougie. Yeah, 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 like but like the the you know back when that term as an aesthetic and as a like a subculture, and I'm using air quotes because it, it's like really tenuously like hip, hipster subculture. It like it doesn't like really exist anymore. But yeah, we don't like use that. We don't like call people hipsters. No, anymore, it's because because everyone's like a kind of a hipster. Everyone kind of yeah. Everyone just has be, kind of become one. Yeah, like everyone I, everyone owns vinyl records. Exa- people own I feel cassette like, tapes. Um, They're into indie bands. That era was like the last last time that like millennials were cool. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because now it's like Gen Z are like the big hip people and shit like that now, and it's like. You know, millennials used to be that, I guess. And I think that there's, like, this common misconception, I think, especially in, like, the media or whatever, with, like, that millennials are, like, kids still. And it's like, millennials are, like, in their 30s and shit yeah. now. Like, these are 
grown ass adults. So I feel like yeah. with um, millennials like, end at like ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I am like. like on the. Uh, you're I'm on the cusp. cusp. I'm a I'm a I'm a zillennial because I was born in '97, and so it's like depending on what uh, chart or website or whatever you read, either Gen Z starts at '97 or millennials end in '97, and so it's like it depends on who what and stuff like that, and so it's like I'm either like an incredibly young millennial or like an elder uh, Gen Z, and I'm not sure which. <laughs> like the, the elder the elder statesman <laughs> of, of the Gen Z. The elder of Gen Z. I think right I consider here. myself Gen You're Z welcome. just so I can um, milk being like thinking that I'm younger as long as I can because like I'm as old as I can possibly be to be a Gen Z. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm Gen Z and it makes me feel like I'm young. And so I feel like in like... 10 years though what's the next generation called after gen z yeah i never understood why in the 80s we started with gen x it's like there are other letters you know there are other don't, letters. don't have to start this close <laughs> i know what comes after yeah, z yeah but no, they we, were the original edgy but after gen, gen x you know we, we can circle back after gen z so the next gen could be generation alpha which is just what's uh, that <laughs> gen, generation alpha i'm saying we got to go back oh god but like yeah. change it around i don't alpha, think there's any gen beta a. yeah Gamma, gamma omega uh, delta um we're getting off topic anyway no um, but relating this back to the movie yeah. definitely very much had those vibes for sure yeah well it like this film reminds me and like i've kind of done like a weird like a weird degree of like web sleuthing and like internet research into this particular period as it relates to like arts culture and music one because um this is like that was a time 2011 specifically was a time when i was um yeah, I was like, yeah, I was 16, 17 years old. Um, and I was getting, like, acquainted with a bunch of, like, contemporary and, like, uh, older music, even at that time. Um, <clears throat> and, like, de- developing some sort of semblance of, like, an aesthetic identity, if you will. Um, and that, but that was, like, the last time, like, that was really on the the... Like, 2011 is, like, the precipice of, like... Or maybe not even the precipice. Like, indie music was be, was starting to become, a, like, like its own identity as opposed to something that was, like, independent. Like, you know, it wasn't independent. All, well, yeah. Like, like, it was indie. Like, well, yeah, it, it became difference. a sound. Because, like, before, like, indie kind of just meant, yeah, as you said, like, any artist off the beaten path or whatever. Like, Animal Collective was considered in the same category as, like, Vampire Weekend. And they're, yeah. like vastly different artists yeah and they're like well they're, they're both indie is I, the thing yeah i know like but it's yeah artists, like, it was like sound. a it's like how alternative has become now yeah just like a fucking catch-all mm-hmm. and it's like no this like you don't fucking get it indie became yeah, yeah indie became like the millennials alternative what it was and like the alternative was to the 90s yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah so i guess that provides like a good setting for this film um one because I think uh, I I think it's like it feels you know it's it feels distant like it feels like it it you know it it kind of feels today and it already feels a little dated in terms of aesthetics. Um, I will say that the band uh, in this film, Jesus and the Brides of Dracula. St- still sounds like every shitty LA bands that like oh my god comes, that I mean, comes they to my inbox. Shitty. I mean, I thought their music was good. It was just like their whole. Um... I just remember, like, immediately when they came on screen, I was like, oh, it's the industry plants. Yeah. Like, it's just very yeah. uh, industry, like, very, like, and I think that was what the 
filmmaker was trying to do though is that these are like obviously people with young people who are have a lot of unforeseen connections that people aren't aware of and all that jazz mm-hmm. and i'm just like oh edward like, sharp and the magnetic zeros yeah. the, exactly also in all <laughs> except like really you don't like you know, the magnetic zeros no they suck uh wait wait wait, wait. which way wait, wait. am i thinking what's the which one? Okay, I, I always is magnetic zeros and there's like the mag, magnetic fields. Is that a different band? Yeah, the magnetic fields are good. Yes. Okay, okay, that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. I was well, like, come on, magnetic. Okay, it's the magnetic fields. Yeah, magnetic zeros. The Edward Sharp. They, I think they had like two songs. Yeah, I. Um, and that was it. Yeah, I watched. Um, I'm really getting off topic, but uh, Sam showed me a concert film about uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros on tour with Mumford and Sons. Oh, and, uh, what the they, f- and they were touring well, Actually, around, I see that, yeah. They were touring around the country uh, in uh, in a train, um, like on a train car. And I was like, can you imagine the smell on that train? Like, so oh, it's like God. everyone's like fucking... Can you like, imagine how awful sp- that show would be? Like, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mumford and Sons, that was... I'm not even going to go. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, but... Um, well, welcome to Ghost Kino. Welcome to Ghost Kino. Mumford and Sons podcast. Uh, yeah, we have a. Uh, we got a <laughs> but, so go ahead. No, like um, the industry plant shit was like definitely very real with this with the with the what is it the Jesus and the bri- the Dra- bride of Dracula or what yeah, was the name Jesus and the brides of Dracula. Dracula. Like, what a fucking name and shit um, like that. So so this week the brides of Dracula. I oh i'm I'm sorry Kyle. No, no, i just want to say the the brides of dracula i want that movie well that the, i think the bride i know of it's Dra- been a movie but i mean like in I, terms of the this movie well that's something i really i was talking to another friend of mine about this movie and one of my favorite parts of the movie was like the music the stuff with the uh the songwriter character i re- i thought the the songwriter character was so cool and like so just he pissed me off he pissed so me off. oh he's awful but like i thought it was such a a cool storyline and character and like kind Very of a conglomerate yeah. of many real people in the industry not like putting subliminal messages but just this idea that like so many of our most popular songs are written by like like a machine and stuff yeah. like that it, and it's like, like for the, any star wars fans out there it's like palpatine telling kyle i've been every voice inside yeah. your head exactly it's like, it's like, I I play every song <laughs> i played every song that you rebelled to it's just like it well, was cool rebellion he just pulls out a fucking gun well to that end like you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah right pulls like out two guns when we were talking about like um like what the time period in which this film was set which is like you know a time in which like i think like indie uh indie music like really started to be co-opted by uh like lo- like larger labels and the music industry at large um and i mean that those wheels had already been spinning up to that point but like that's like when shit really started ramping up i was thinking about the the line in like the whole songwriter's monologue um and how you know obviously like this is like astro was saying like you know a conglomerate of different characters and songwriters over the years and like sort of a big bad and that's um in its own way but like i don't think that like (laughs) what what is going on with the songwriter as a character uh is was very similar to what was happening to indie music in 2011 like like any 
that was like I'm like I'm really speaking out of turn here, but it's like that was a time, yeah, in which uh you know we we started to see um the selling of this business model of indie musicians, independent musicians um that were fully backed by big labels like by like before they even were known and shit yeah like, just like well i think that this whole i think getting into the more if we're gonna really get into the more like political aspects of it i really think that that's kind of just emblematic of the whole theme of the film which is that every part of our culture is being manipulated by kind of the same party yeah where it's the same party yes. of individuals controlling all of our culture whether you know like how the film is rather conspiratorial in that and a very elaborate in that. But regardless of like the elaborateness or reality of it, it's this idea that like our culture is being controlled by a, um, a very monoistic source. And that's like, I think like the real Kafka esque nature of this film comes from like, there's no way of escaping this mono, this, the singular force that controls everything in our country. Right. And I've, Oh, go ahead, Era. I was just going to say that, while like I think I really like this movie uh, one of the probably the main critique I have is um, the presentation of um, of like the quote unquote conspiracy almost as if like like and now it's sort of like become sort of like a meme, but there's still very much people who think like the Illuminati are real, as opposed mm-hmm. to just like, you know, like it. Just it almost seems like it. It, it was like an easy cop out, just like to say, oh, it's a secret cabal of certain rich people controlling everything, rather than just like how it really is like in reality right now which is like there's no secret cabal it's literally rich people are just like ruling everything well yeah i think for me like because like the way i see this film is like um i this is my first time seeing it when we screened it and mm-hmm. um i need i probably need to rewatch it again to get a more informed opinion of it but yeah same I mean, it's definitely like for me, it wasn't a perfect movie, but it was a movie that I really enjoyed. And I I think one of the things that wasn't perfect, I think, was like how Andrew Garfield was just kind of right about everything that he did, like right off the bat and shit like mm-hmm. that. And it's like, um, but I do feel that like the uh, the elaborate um, dramatic kind of conspiracy. I, I didn't so much mind how dramatic the conspiracy was because, like, you know, um, if we're going to make a film about, you know, the elites controlling everything and do it in a realistic way, it might as well just be a documentary at that point. Yeah. So it's like, I do see, like, you know, this, you know, kind of like mindset of like, oh, what if all, what if every conspiracy theory was right kind of thing? But what I would have really loved is to, like, take it even in a direction that Andrew Garfield's character or none of us, the audience even like imagine and shit like, like there's definitely some like, uh, some curve balls. Like a lot, there's a lot of curve balls that it pulls in this film and yeah. shit like that. Like I really love, there's a lot of, I think one of my favorite things about this film is, um, how many, um, 
red herrings or what appear to be red herrings appear in the film and how much um, confusing information there is and how not a lot of it makes sense. And I kind of, I like the whole movie's a cipher, bro. I, well, you Duh. know, so there's a couple things. Cryptic messages everywhere. <laughs> I, uh, open your minds. I, uh, I'm, I'm really <laughs> you trying to DMT, bro. I'm trying to <laughs> really, <laughs> really Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, yeah, Where's yeah. the, I, whoa, dude, <laughs> whoa. I'm trying Take to, your mask off, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying not to say either. Uh, I'm not trying to say the name of a certain secret society, which I, you know, based on my understanding is like actually like just a billionaire's drinking club. Um, you know, they've got affiliations with an owl. They meet in California. Uh, yeah, you're talking. Don't, of- don't say their name. Don't say it out loud. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wasn't oh, there like oh, a... Ohemian Bay. Wasn't there... Um, <laughs> this is, this is going to be like politically incorrect, so excuse me. But isn't there a Richard Nixon quote? about that and he's like uh, yes and he's like it's a bunch it's i don't get the hype it's a bunch of faggy shit going on and i yeah. think that's the funniest boil down yeah. <laughs> of this occult like insanity ever i've ever heard from yeah. richard nixon yeah I, I will say i'll say this much uh yeah tricky dick member of um on uh, Mo- the bg the bg uh yes uh if you don't uh yeah the uh <laughs> how do i La B- the Freemasons. La, La, no. v- <laughs> La Vie Bohème. Uh, La Vie Bohème. <laughs> you just um, saw... Yeah, I think my my personal theory is that uh, Tricky Dick said that about that club because even as a member, when they were doing, like, orgy shit, he still had to, like, watch the door. Like, you know... Well, that's what I'm... He Exactly, like... He was like, I want to rule the world, but I'm not gay. You know, he's, he's like, fucking, like, uh, you know, like, fucking... The fucking senator from like California just yeah. butt fucking, you know, the leader of some European nation and shit. And he's like, I didn't know this is what I was getting into. And they just see, he sees him like, I am not a crook. I am not a homo. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's him like coming out of that. And like, just like totally just try to define his mouth. He's like, I'm in the club, but I'm not in the club, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. He's and not he, like, okay, he's, he's okay. Not, he's not into that whole Yale thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A uh, little bit of a deep cut. There. You can rub me off, but I won't <laughs> rub you off. How do we get here? Um, oh, okay. God. Wait, okay. <laughs> So, just circling back to what what y'all were talking about earlier, like a second ago, I um era, I one hundred percent agree with your point in that like there, I enjoy this film like being like what like what if the rich and powerful ruled society and culture and music like wouldn't that be crazy and it's like dog. <laughs> you just just open your like open your eyes read a newspaper my dude like you know fucking spotify owner like owns fc arsenal now there's it's literally like, playlists of music of artists that don't exist on spotify yeah like, like it's like we live in it already yeah it's it's already happening there's no there's no wide conspiracy happening here um if we could pivot for a second so there's something i wanted to bring up to you era that um that astra brought up and something mm-hmm. that I had also thought about when I was watching this film was that there, there's like a vindication for Sam, Andrew Garfield's character of like the conspiracies that he is seeing in the world around him. Um, and like, <laughs> I think Astro, you're just saying like, yeah, it's just like, it's just, it, this shit is just like QAnon if it were actually real <laughs> when we were watching it. Oh um, yeah, that's right. I was like, yeah, this is like QAnon, but real. I mean, obviously not exactly like QAnon, but like yeah. the, the degree of like 
ciphers and hidden messages and like all just the the lengths that Garfield's character went to to find these messages and shit. Like when he found the uh, the message in that song or whatever, just through like the numbers, I was like, bro, what are you doing? Like yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Like what do you like, what correlation do you think this? And then it does have a correlation. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, it would be nice. Like this is. This film is like a wet dream for anybody who is a Q and is a QAnon truther because that's because like for once like shit actually makes yeah this film actually makes sense and like in con like when you compare it with QAnon is what well, I'm saying. I think so. And, and this film and this film also doesn't make any sense. Like a well, lot of also time. like I think despite um, despite Andrew Garfield's character being correct. He is not, by any means, in my opinion, a hero. No, and I don't think that this. No, he's just the protagonist. Exactly, like this character. He is a two completely different. He is a scary ass man. Like did that scene where he's beating up the fucking kid for 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 egging his car or whatever. Like holy, he's just like kicking a child's head in it's it's kind of funny but like holy shit like i love, I love how quickly you okay went, when, when we were one one sec era when we were watching that scene uh astra said like yeah get him like when you saw intro car filter <laughs> yeah i was like go oh, get him and then, and then you were like oh fuck never and mind. then he actually gets him and i'm like whoa 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 <laughs> oh too much dude uh go ahead well, i don't want to come and be a defender of sam but like literally, the kids deserved something because. Oh yes, that the, the little shit bag. They deserved. I, they just definitely deserve to have some kind of something happen to them. Eric, but I do. But yes, Eric, he went a little bit too far. Let's go on record here that um, Era condones the uh, physical assault of children to the mass degree on the show. For future references, I do not endorse this behavior, Mister FBI. I think all I am children. Not an accomplice. <laughs> No, but like, well, totally, because I was watching that and I was like, mother fuck, like that shit was gross when he puts the door handle and it's all smushy. I'd be so pissed. And I was like, go get him. I thought he was going to like, you know, like yell at trip him or like yell at them or like, you know, shove him. But this this fucker just jumps him. He yeah. jumps him like, oh, my God, like it's brutal. Or then like, um, well, my whole thing and we kind of talked about this. Well. Mm-hmm. If oh, what I, were you gonna say? If I could actually, real quick, just <laughs> interject, answer Connor's question. Oh yeah, uh, in reference to QAnon. <laughs> so yeah, I buy that. My thing, or not my thing, but what I was thinking of when I watched this was how just like, uh, it was yeah, it was more in relation to like that one place we've alluded to already uh the bg bg um yes and uh we can say it we just gotta censor it out watch (laughs) i'll say it real quick grove yes yeah um yeah it's okay no it's no it was more in line of thinking of like by grove or the freemasons or like other stuff like like this is stuff that we've like it just like boggles my mind how like stuff like that is or like what was presented in under the silver lake uh, comes off as like kind of uh like so outrageous 
it's only fictional and it's only conspiratorial but like like this shit's been like shit like that ha- fucking happens oh, like totally. there's actually like shit like and uh it's the worst season god awful but um you know it, like this is part of this again going like back to like film tradition uh this kind of picks up where true detective season two and eyes wide shut mm. like you know this is very much in that and even Which, to a certain extent parallax view yeah real real quick era i can't even believe it. i didn't even think of i didn't even consider that as an, as a film that we should do analysis of what um, eyes wide shut eyes wide shut eyes yeah. wide shut yes. i feel like I feel like Eyes Wide Shut kind of does what this film does, but like far more re- re- realistically. Yeah, like far more of like what this shit actually well, looks like, and like. Well, no, well, in, no, but in some ways, Stan Q was like, well, he probably got, part of that. He probably like fucking knew shit. Oh, well, probably. Well, they killed him after this film. Came out, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, right. uh, and Paul is dead. Paul is dead. Yeah, nothing right. is real. Number nine. Um, is real no but well yeah it's well it's funny it's funny Astra, you say that that like this film is more plausible than eyes wide shut because it's presented... no i think it's i think it's opposite I oh you're saying it's opposite. A more plausible than oh this. yeah yeah what like yeah fidelio i also have roman seen mask. it i oh, believe so. that shit happens yeah i believe 100%. like with epstein like after especially after like hearing publicly about epstein and shit i'm like oh this sex occult like fucking bullshit definitely happens and like yeah like i I definitely fully believe. I guess I'd say like more realistic in the way that like um, Tom Cruise and that kind of like unfolds the mystery, where it's like Andrew Garfield's character in that Sam figures out the mystery through these like very large leaps of deduction. Yeah, and I don't feel like um, like especially like some of like the ciphers and stuff like that. I'm just like I don't. I, I'm very you know you know what it might just be me. But because I don't like ciphers because I'm stupid, yeah. but like I'm just like, are there real like is there really ciphers like this in the world? Like, is that and I guess it really I'm, it uh, probably, might be my ignorance, but fucking zodiac killer Ted Cruz, bro. True, that's Come true. On. <laughs> it's true. Well, sorry, well, while, while we're on the subject <laughs> of ciphers, one of my one of my favorite things about this film, and Astra, I pointed this out to you because this is like my second or third time watching this film. And I noticed, like, in split-second frames, like, what, well, there is one scene that actually has the Zodiac Cypher in it. Um, right. Yeah. And then there's another scene when um, Sam is in the crypt. Um, and he at has the to... concert? It, yeah, at the oh, concert, he has to go, he has to go, he has to go throw up. If you pause it when he's in the bathroom, there is more hobo code and writing on the, oh, on the wall. that's spooky. So, there, yeah, like... Yeah, the, there's a bunch of... Um, I was actually reading up on this on the Wikipedia page, which like, you know, give or take, but usually it's like fairly good. Uh, They were saying on every, like in every bathroom scene where there's graffiti, it's like pretty much all some kind of cypher or some shit like that. That's insane. Yeah. Kind of spooky though. No, that shit is spooky. Like, like that scene at the very end where he walks into the apartment and like the symbol is just a giant painting yeah. on his wall for be Qu- keep quiet <laughs> and he barely even notices it until he's like across the way at the neighbor's place like yeah. that's just fucking wild so there well i have a fan theory about that real quick okay and because i want to like discuss it just the ending of this film fan theory 
as much as like you know i don't try not to pay attention to them or think like they're horseshit like uh my it I guess I just keep misusing it because for me, it's more like my interpretation was like, he's putting on a show that like, he didn't really notice. Like, I think he put it there. You think he put the sign there? Like the yes. keep quiet hobo sign. Okay. Andrew Garfield did. Yes. Why do you think he put it? There? Or not, not in the, um, not in, uh, Sarah's place. No, no, but, no, no, no. I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about the big one at the end and as well. Yeah, the big one at the end. I think, think he, put he that did there. that. Why do you think I, I, he put I it there? I don't know about that. Yeah, well, let me, I want to hear. I want to hear why you think that. I think he did it because, uh, like, he this like kind of like, and he expresses it to Topher Grace, which nice to see he's still like doing stuff. Cool, yeah, cool. He's got a new um, sitcom coming out now too. Oh, word! Um, he, like, er, like earlier in the film, uh, like it's alluded to, and then he like talks to Topher Grace about it. Um, but he, you know, like getting this feeling he's being followed, and so I think it's almost like a reverse psychological type deal where like he did it, um, and he he's trying to like not have people follow him. And I think the best way for him to have that happen is like, they see him doing that and they think he's like, like he'll stay quiet if they stay quiet. So I'll stay quiet. It's kind of like this round circle thing you're saying. I think, yeah. Well, if if I can say real quick and just circle back to like earlier point, I really found like, and I'm thinking about it right now. The, the big reveal of the enormous hobo code keep quiet sign mm-hmm. within the apartment from like across the courtyard mm-hmm. uh, reminds me now that we're talking about it very much of the mask on the pillow at the end. Yeah, of Yeah, I was about to you think yeah. that same thing. Yeah, it gave me that same feeling of like because I feel like that was put there by whoever was in the owl mask mm. or something like that because which which i want to dedicate a whole oh know, yeah no, the owl need... mask killer is the crazy owl, the owl's kiss okay. but oh, i think fucking love it i think i don't think that um what you may call it i don't think sam's character is going to be because the film ends very open-endedly and very abruptly mm-hmm. but i don't think that um he's going to be killed by or attempted to be killed anymore because I think um, basically it's gotten to the point where he knows kind of everything that's going on. And he has shown that at this point, like, especially like when he, Oh, you want to say, go. Oh no, no, go ahead. Finish. The well, I feel like he's kind of shown like, especially in that scene where like he goes up into the mountains and like sees the dude with his wives or whatever. And he talks to like the, the girl over the video phone or whatever. He's, there's this level of like almost acceptance that he has for it by the end. He's like, he's found the mystery and he realized like there's really nothing he can do about it. Yeah. And so I think there's this level of acceptance where it's like everyone involved kind of realizes that like, Oh, this guy is just kind of submissive and like, doesn't even know what is. This guy isn't really even a threat. And so I feel like that, that warning at the end, that, that, that sign of keep quiet was put in there by his department basically saying like, 
you stay quiet and like we're watching you and we're telling you to keep quiet if you want to live. Well, yeah. So the end of this film and like that keep quiet sign and what you're saying about and like Sam's ultimate fate, I have like two thoughts. One, it ties into um, that end speech that uh, that Sam receives when he's in the yurts um, by the next group of folks who are going to ascend where he says you're when he's talking about um, Sam, who's a prole, he's like, you're you're going around life like it's a carnival. What do you, like, trying to win a prize? What do you want? Like, a two-week vacation. Yeah. That, that ties into, like, what, I, you know, I think, like, in a wider sense, like, you know, we as common folks, like, see really sketchy, nefarious shit that the uber-wealthy... We as plebe- plebes. Yes, we as plebes, uh, we we see, we see, uh, we, we yeah, we see, uh, we see the bourgeois and like what they're doing, like on a wider sense, and you know, bringing it back to Epstein. Everybody knows that that motherfucker's get like was guilty, Everybody. but but there's nothing, there's nothing that we can do. Yeah, what are we gonna do about it? And and in the same sense that there's nothing that Sam can do at the end. Mm-hmm. Like they give him the keep quiet, keep quiet sign, but it's like. What what are you going to do? That's what I'm saying. I think they realize they don't even need to kill him. It's yeah. just like he's worthless. Who's even going to believe him? And it's just like, you know. Because but then like, why did they kill the comic book person? I think he was a lot more intelligent. Yeah. And I think he had a, he was somebody who like, he was publishing shit. Like specifically about like the owl, owl killer too. Like he was publishing shit and like putting out media and shit like that. And it was clearly get, I, I feel like he wouldn't have gotten killed unless and if, Andrew Garfield hadn't gone to see him because I think I do feel like Andrew Garfield was probably being followed for the majority of the film as soon as he started investigating it. And as soon as they saw that he went to this guy, they were like, okay, people are paying attention to this guy. He needs out. Yeah. Well, and people and and this meaning just Sam, but it could be anybody. It's somebody because before, like when he puts his magazines in the bookstore, like nobody even pays attention to him, you know, like nobody, like the guy who even sells him barely knows who he is. It's just like, they think he's just some weirdo and shit. And Andrew Garfield's kind of the first person to like take interest in him. So that kind of ties into the second point that I was going to make, which is, you know, uh, if we accept that, like, you know, the acceptance at the end of the film, like, in like from a class consciousness perspective, is that, like, even though we see, like, the really, like, you know, occasionally spooky shit, like, really sus stuff happening on a global scale with, the, like, with, you know, um, like, you know, <laughs> rich pimps literally sex trafficking, like, people across the world or doing, like, weird shit out in a grove somewhere in California. And our presidents are doing yeah. it. Um, there's nothing that we can do. The secondary point I was going to add to that no, is that... Is no, that, we can talk to Liam Neeson. Yeah. And then that'll just fix everything. The, yes. the second point I was going to make <laughs> is that is that perhaps the least... And there's a lot of like unbelievable shit in this film, but the least believable thing to me is the concept of the, the character Sam in the real world living after learning all of that because I'm certain that people have been murdered for far less uh expository like sort of del- like delvings into the yes. elites the 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 whole elite sicko global cabal is what the thing and well, and I'm I know I'm sounding a little QAnon-y right now but I I'm talking about the actual sex trafficking not, that happens you know how like, about going forward let's just not mention QAnon <laughs> all right fine <laughs> but I think the the uh if it was if it was more because I, I, I agree with you there where like you know there would be more it's kind of 
I love how in the film it's like, oh, when the when the when he goes to the writer's house and the cops are there and he's like, oh, he committed suicide, and you go in, and it's just like a bloodbath <laughs> everywhere. I'm like, what kind of suicide is that? He just put a bomb, a stick of dynamite. Did he eat a stick of dynamite or something? Like, yeah. Jesus Christ! And you see clearly it's not a suicide. And it was very reminiscent of Epstein. Oh, he killed himself, or like the journalists or whatever that were investigating the Clintons just happened to kill themselves. Well, or that, was the, that was the joke I made to Astro when we were watching it. I was like, I was like, yeah, his next zine was going to be about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have secrets that can lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. Um, but okay. What I, all I'm gonna say is that Epstein was close friends, not just with the Clintons, but with Trump. And oh, that's so what I'm I saying. Think, Our fucking president. I think yeah. Trump, the Trump fam, and the Clinton clan both hit each other up and were like, didn't even say anything. They video chatted. They just nodded. Mm-hmm. They're like they knew it had and to be that, done. That was it. Yeah. And then the neck and then the fucking oh Epstein killed him. It's like no, <laughs> no, come on. Well, yeah. It's like Je- Jeff. He had re- shit on both of them, and they were like, "That's what." Yeah. Drug. The, the and Clintons and the the Clintons and the Trumps are homies. Like it's like I remember somebody said like uh, the the president the. The debates between Hillary Clinton and uh, Donald Trump had mad used to fuck energy. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so true. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff has been removed from the group chat. Um, But that ties into what we were talking about earlier, the character of the owl's kiss. So I think there are like my my takeaways. There are essentially like two main components to this film it's like the rich and powerful control politics and media okay not really that much of a conspiracy but a for effort second part the second part of that is the rich and powerful control um arts media culture political capital and they also serap- uh, they also maintain the like this surreptitious use of force to silence dissents in society and that well, yes. and, and, and that part is like a little bit more Duh. tin tin foil hatty like mm. but but, I bl- but i think it's but it's most, true journalists real i think been the most killed real by part of it honestly and and and, and assassinated by oh, the yeah. cia exactly. like that's They're, fucking documented that's what i'm saying like as ridiculous and tin foil hatty as it sounds i believe that more than anything else well know? yeah i mean the one my my big tin sorry sorry era there's just one thing i want to say real quick yeah, yeah, that yeah. my my whole thought about this general uh, i was just thinking and this is like in a much smaller capacity Topher grace is in this film which to echo era's earlier point glad to see that he's still doing shit. <laughs> um, yeah literally um, the bar best friend right or bar friend yeah yeah he's just like his best friend he yeah him at the bar on the no no no. Yeah. but i'm saying like credited ass oh yeah he is credited like as just like bar, bar friend, friend or yeah, something that's friend. hilarious friend. um yeah so i was thinking about <laughs> and, and this is my uh yeah tinfoil hat fully fully on fully part of my my skull mm-hmm. at this point um so Topher grace that 70s show co-starring alongside danny masterson um who has in recent years been outed not uh, for his uh, contributions to uh, the world of television, but for his contributions as a prolific sexual assaulter. Wonderful. Um, and, and Scientologist. And Scientologist. Oh, which, which is oh. where... Or era, apologist or... Era. Exactly, he, exactly where I'm going because yeah. fucking 
Cedric Bixler-Zavala of the At The Drive-In talked about how Masterson assaulted his wife. And then he also alleges that the the Church of Scientology killed his dog. To keep quiet about it? Yeah, as a a show of force. In the context of this film, there's a bunch of fucking dogs dead. Well, yeah, that's... That, like, the... yeah. Oh, spooky. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, so the whole this the the scene where um uh he's first either reading the first issue or it appears like he's come across under the Silver Lake comic for the what seems to us like the first time uh and he you know the animation finishes and then he just like you know it kind of like he says under the Silver Lake and then it just kind of like for a second or two, the camera just like rests. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole time, like, and throughout this movie, I can't help thinking like under the Silver Lake. Like, we gotta get under the Silver Lake. Where's yeah. that movie? And also, like, it was just kind of funny because it's like the files are in the computer. Like, oh, what like under the silver lake. Yeah, <laughs> Well, yeah. I was wondering. That's what I was wondering. I'm like, when are we gonna go under the silver lake? What's under there, yeah. man? Yeah, no, right. That's the, that's He's the, like the whole thing is, the, is, the, the is like, like the, the line the, reading he has. The tunnels. I, like, that go I thought the, the bunker. I thought the tunnels mm. went under the uh, the Griffith Center. I don't know. Maybe the it's, the, the observatory. We're th- maybe we're thinking too hard about it. I don't um, know. Um, but, but wait, yeah. So just with yeah, um, it's tinfoil hat off now. Owl's Kiss, specifically, like, that to me gave me very happy, very heavy Black Cube vibes. And I, I mentioned this to Astro after we watched Black this. Black Cube? Black yeah, Cube. can you explain more about the Black Cube? Because yeah, I'm very yeah. un- uninitiated. So Black Cube is um, a fucking evil organization um, that was uh, hired by um, by Epstein to intimidate and besmirch. Is it Epstein or Weinstein? Sorry, not Epstein, Weinstein. Okay, sorry. that's what I thought. That's what ver- you told me. Very anti-Semitic of me to do <laughs> Uh, uh, hired by uh, hired by Weinstein to uh, track and sort of you know do do co intel pro esque operations against folks who would accuse Weinstein of um, sexual assault, essentially, um, or worse, or worse, yeah. <clears throat> and so I just I I don't know why specifically to me, but it but like that that in context of the other story i was talking about with danny masterson like that's what i feel the whole owl's kiss is a stand-in for is not necessarily like this sort of otherworldly unexplainable force even though it is like spooky and like very much like feels like untethered from reality like Mm -hmm. like she she feels like a specter um rather than like an actual individual walking around naked uh, in individuals' houses while wearing an owl's mask, it that t- that to me was like this was the stand-in, like for you know the, the sort of dirty work that the folks who actually dirty their hands um, at the behest of the rich and powerful to cover up everything that's you know going on in this film. Well, I think like the addition of the owl mask is like very intentional, where it's like very much trying to. Uh deflect almost what they're doing where it's like the people like it's at the time like not many people in this film world know about the owl's kiss or whatever it's just an urban legend Mm -hmm. and like the only people who look into it or care about it are like conspiracy people and so like when you do things like 
uh, have politically motivated assassinations or something like that and do it under this kind of mystical pseudo like occultist kind of vibes that allows um diversion and distraction from what it really is because mm-hmm. if you just got a bunch you know if somebody accidentally catches a glimpse of it or hears it and sees somebody in an owl mask naked slaunter off it's going to conjure up a lot of like very bizarre abstract imagery and like what the fuck is going but if you see just a bunch of dudes in black suits roll up with a fucking garret or something like that you're like yeah. oh shit like yeah. these are just fucking hitmen and shit yeah, like these that are, these are hard guns. and that whole so, mis- oh sorry what you're saying because I don't really have much oh, more to say on that well, I was just going to say, like, I've, I have two things uh, to say based on our conversation, um, which is uh, circling back to what Connor was saying is, uh, like, I, t- like, to me, it just, and I don't know if uh, it's just because of, like, like I think we mentioned maybe on the first uh, episode, was it where I was talking about state and revolution? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, like, so I don't know if this is literally just because of like what I've recently like completed reading or or whatnot, but like s- that theory of just like, well, uh, it, this is a ruling class uh, ensuring like the ruling the culture of the ruling class continues to thrive and exist like to me that's just like a duh because um and um you know mao well a lot of uh political theorists and, and whatnot talk about this but um like particularly i thought of lenin and mao and how like once the revolution happens it's like then we have to combat like all of this culture that like we're experiencing right now mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. because like gotta reevaluate it, gotta like do other all this other stuff because like going forward, if we want to be completely free and liberated and not like basically in the simplest of terms like fucking assholes uh like we have to put forth revolutionary a revolutionary culture and so uh i you know that there's no like that like that like so uh with the the owl's kiss murder like yeah like to me like that shit happens all the time like yeah whether it's like kind of creepy ish quote unquote like with Alkis vibes or not uh and just purely state sanctioned murder like it totally fucking happens all the time like yeah like that that's it and then two um with the al's kiss character itself um but also uh touching a larger issue of just or what i perceive to be literally in this like entire movie um, was troubling pretty much like women are in this movie or non-men characters like they're just presented to us as various commodities mm-hmm. yeah that's something i saw <clears> and i was just like what the fuck yeah i think go ahead i think um on the end not i do think that that 
was a uh, I think that that is a fault of, of, of a storytelling and artistic but I also and like I do think you know like there there were definitely ways that this film could have been more empowering and given women more agency but I also um, do see that as like a story a statement of how like these rich and most of the rich and powerful people in this country are yes. rich white men who view and treat women as expandable and like and the majority of like the sex tra- the sex trafficking trade in this country and shit like that is young women and how these like you know how these rich and powerful people who are getting buried in these tombs are these old ass men with three young hot chicks that they don't even give a shit about and they're just parting with them till they die because yeah. all these people care all these people see each other is as is expendable and i think um andrew garfield in a way also kind of reflects that in the way he views women in this film as well because if you notice like um, I mean, the one, the first person that he fucks, he doesn't give a shit about. The one person, the actor friend, whoever just comes over and he just is staring at the Kurt Cobain poster as he's fucking her in the ass or whatever, which, which is, is very funny. Which but is like, like the most beta version of the American Psycho. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's like you know, he just used this woman as a someone to sleep with. He doesn't really care about the only woman he really cares about is someone he barely knows and yeah. obsesses Sarah. over. It's Sarah. Sarah. Like exactly. Like, yeah. Who and. It, yeah, go ahead. She's an idea more than a which, person to him. Yeah, which fucking spied on her. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a creep. He's what? in his window. Like that's what I'm saying. This guy is not a good guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I guess like I, I do think that the way women are portrayed in this film is like partially, you know, the fault of the filmmakers as storytellers yeah. and not. I, yes, but yeah. I uh, because it was dis- disappointing to go f- from such a great. Uh, like so many different diverse characters uh, in It Follows mm-hmm. to just like back to basics again or whatever. I, yeah. And it, that's where I feel like they could have been more de- uh, adept and astute as storytellers. But I guess like the other point that I come off is that like everybody in this film is like a piece of shit. And yeah. it's kind of just like, how Andrew Garfield views people around him, how the elite view people around them and stuff like that. And there could have been, and I wish, and as I was saying, like there could have been a much better way to transgress that and, and invert that on its head to really get onto that. But, um, I I definitely, I def, that was definitely something I noticed while watching it for sure. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything new here. I, I, I think we're all in agreement that one, uh, it's definitely a fault of like the filmmaker in terms of like the way in which uh, I, like, you know, I, obviously we're getting this whole film from the perspective of a fairly scuzzy protagonist that said um, that there are like lots of, there are many parts of this that feel very male gazy, obviously oh, a yeah. reflection of the protagonist. But like, I do agree that I've like, I don't know if there's a way to tell a story that is in many ways about like, the rich and powerful in the way that they um, manipulate and traffic young women in particular um, in a way that feels empowering. But I just there said, what I think there could have been is like other characters outside of that who aren't being trafficked and like maybe it could have some agency that's true. In, the, in, in this mystery and stuff like that. Because essentially it's just like this whole film is like 
Andrew Garfield doing stuff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like a video game almost. Yeah, very much. It's like, and I think that, you know, the filmmakers could have been introduced, introduced other characters that might've had more importance or agency in the story besides just being props to be disposed of by the rich and powerful, which is tragic. But I don't, I don't also like just very white too. Oh yeah. yeah, That that very much true. Although like, um, I thought the 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 band, the industry plant band, was like just the whitest group of people I saw, yeah. and I thought it was so funny. And like, it's yeah. just that band was just so laughable. The singer calls himself Jesus and shit like that. Yeah, I do right? love like, the. Oh uh, my god! I did love seeing the lead singer get his ass beat in the bathroom <laughs> with a big pile of shit in the toilet bowl. Still, I um okay. Uh, just final thoughts. I think as we're rounding the hour mark at this point, I wanted to say. Pursuant with what we were just talking about, how, uh, you know, uh, the rich and powerful, particularly in the setting of this film, um, control young women, everyone is scuzzy, and the music sucks. Really, my main takeaway from this film is don't move to L.A. Don't, don't, don't move ever to LA. move to L.A. <laughs> I, that's, that is, I think that's really what David Robert Mitchell is trying to say in this film. It's like, it's like, fuck the rich and powerful, fuck conspiracy, fuck some, something Grove. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, he's just, he's just LA. LA is a wasteland. It's, LA it's is awful. A it's, it's an awful city. It's filled with awful people. <laughs> the only good people, the only good people from LA are the ones that I meet in uh, New York City. Yeah, I was the only say, ones I know, the, the good people in LA are the ones that I know. But that's uh, it. Yeah, I'll say yeah, and I'll say this much, you know. Um, yeah, LA. Sorry to our LA audience. Yeah, no, any. I'm not apologizing. Um, like, <laughs> you know, LA, LA's LA's full of sickos and perverts, and at, it, New York, New York has perverts, but at the very least, they're endearing. Um, well, New York has sickos and perverts. They're just very uh, outward about it. You yeah, could, it's very easy to tell. Like, like, yeah, oh, they're more extra extroverted. Yeah. You know, like a rich person on Wall Street would be like, "Eat shit." and i'll be like okay i know where you stand but a rich person in la would be like you are seen you are heard you are valid you are valid now please get the fuck out of my way before i run you over with my hummer please don these these white linen robes i've made special for you from from my this is a sponsored event by everlane we're gonna we're going we're gonna retire to my pool house to do ayahuasca i'm like get the the fucking freak get out get away from me oh my god and 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 real quick what what was the um speaking of you know fucking trashy la people uh there's actually um like I know several women actresses, uh, or at least a couple from the highly acclaimed <laughs> and amazing show Smallville. Uh, what was that like? Sex cult, like Trivium or some shit? I don't know. I have. Wait, you talking about Nexium? Nexium. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Nexium. What's that? Oh, what dog? We're that's we're a the, whole. We'll other have podcast. a conversation post pod. We're, we're, we're at the we're at the fucking hour mark. We can't <laughs> add if, if if this were a double LP episode. Double LP. Episode. We could do Nexium. Nexium. Actually, all the Nexium shit is actually is very relevant to what we watch. Interesting. This film, but, Interesting. Uh, I'll have to look that up. Finish um, what you're saying, Era. Yeah. Let's and then we'll do uh, final thoughts. I guess. Uh, I mean, I guess, sorry, that that was what i was saying the nexium final thought nexium, the nexium yeah. final thoughts i th- yeah my final thought of this is um to film with a it's n- 
I think that obviously I don't think this um I really enjoyed this film. I don't think it's a perfect film. I think there are things that the filmmaker could have done better. But I think uh besides um the writing of women character, which I think is something that could blatantly easily have been fixed. Yeah. Um I do think a lot of the flaws in the film besides that one are a result of um the director trying to aspire for something and sometimes it hits and sometimes it misses. But I at least respect that the director and filmmakers were trying to do something different with this film and trying to do things unexpectedly and just take a shot at something, you know, like I feel like, especially nowadays, Hollywood, there's just no balls. Like, excuse the pejorative term, but like there's no, there's no, nobody has, no, they all have balls. There's no <laughs> ovaries and other organs. <laughs> exactly. There's no, there's no, exactly. They have the, the, because they all have balls, they have no balls. They don't yeah, fucking, exactly. there's no risks taken. This film took a lot of risk and sometimes the risk didn't pay off. But I admire that the filmmakers decided to try to take those risks. And I'd rather see a filmmaker attempt something and fail than a filmmaker not attempt anything and just coast off that. I agree. And so uh, that's kind of how I feel about this film. I think um, it definitely warrants a couple rewatches for me, I think to fully pick up on some things and stuff like that. Um, Final theory of mine that I have that Connor and I talked about a little bit. I think here we go is that, um, Sam, I believe that Sam is the dog killer yeah. that that the film talks about in the beginning because um, they clearly are fascinated with the dog killings much more than anyone else seems to be, and they have dog bones in their pockets constantly throughout films. What's the deal with that? Mm-hmm. He says it's because his dog died or shit like that, but I don't believe that. I think he killed a dog, and then every time he ki- dogs are talked about, he says, "Oh, it's because my dog died or whatever." But I really don't think that's why. Or then there's the one part where the the girl was like, uh, "Fucking like anybody who's crazy enough to kill a dog could kill a person." And he's like, "Well, that that might not be true." And yeah. I'm like, "You would know. You would know, <laughs> wouldn't you, Mister Dog Killer?" Um. <laughs> yes. What I, that means, I don't know. Perfect diversion. There's convenient. Mm-hmm. No. Well, yeah. No. The the dog killing narrative was written in as as I as a, a counter threat from David Robert, Robert Mitchell to Danny Masterson at the behest of Topher Grace to say I'm wa- I'm watching. <laughs> keep quiet. Yeah. Keep quiet. <laughs> keep uh, quiet. Uh, last last thoughts. Yes. Politically, like I said, two themes. One, rich and powerful are in control. We already know that. Two. Yes, like, you know, just be careful. Don't talk about certain secret societies on your podcast or maybe censor it and kind of dance around it in a way that you can, uh, so you can avoid culpability. Um, I don't think any of us um, are going to commit suicide any, anytime soon. <laughs> just, just, as a, just, as, just no, a swallow and stick of dynamite. Not. Just as a, just as a precaution. And uh, the third thing I'll say is I have hidden 10 secret messages in this podcast oh, episode. Oh, so no. So you got to listen no, to it back. Oh, I believe it. I yeah. Mean, you have there to we go. Uh, over and over. Play it backwards, too, There's if the you must. Patriots who are listening in, you know what to look for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the messages are here for you and you alone. We are talking to you. Yes, you.
Here, we'll let it sit for a second. We can cut out this gaping silence if you think of it. Yeah. So if if anybody's been dying to say Bohemian Grove, this is the time to say it. <laughs> Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove. And then like the door op- <laughs> the door opens. <laughs> it's, it's the, the owl. owl. Yeah. <laughs> Stabs you with a knife.